ba ba da da ba ba da ba ba da ba da da ba 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 ba. That is our new theme song, and once again, you do not seem enthused. <laughs> Every Mr. week, Mr. Martin Page could be listening right now, and he so graciously gave us that to use. That is the '90s classic in this house of stone and light. Oh, okay, it, <laughs> sure. Again, now this is my partner over here. <laughs> Dashing everything against the rocks oh, with well, apathy. That is my style. Well, guess what, uh, you old bitch? <laughs> I challenge you to a game of pros. Yeah, yeah, you do. You're going to have to. So last week, uh, let's let's recap um, the bullshit that happened last oh, week. Oh, pshaw, you're just still salty as hell about that. You are sitting on a chance for the first hat trick of the season. I am, How yes. are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling... I could actually feel better about this. <laughs> I, good, good. Yeah. That's where I, I want you. I went on a small vacation, and it sort of messed me up real bad, sleep-wise and energy-wise and all, all such things. <gasps> yeah, feels-wise. It's like feels into that. Feels up. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I sat on this idea since before I left, but for one reason or another, I just could not get myself to put it down on paper. And then I finally did. And guess what, Dave? I think you're in for it. Last week, you had our buddy Ben on and he judged our stories, which were the ghost stories, mm-hmm. right? Or yep. a haunting. Haunting stories. Correct. Yep. And then he gave us the challenge of writing a story about a medical mishap. A medical misadventure. <laughs> However, in the style of each other. Yes. So I have to write much like you would, and you have to write much like I would. Correct. And to judge that today, somebody who I think knows us both yes. fairly well is uh, our very own Cece. Hey, everyone. What's going on, dude? Uh, I feel like I could lose friendships over this conversation. <laughs> nah. um, you guys are fairly serious. Um, I think there's been blood. Um, I just don't want to be a accomplice um, or an accessory in a murder. That's all I ask. I mean, we I won't just... mention your name if it happens. Okay. Well, that's why I go by Cece. <laughs> Dave may murder me. We'll see. Her room's right over there. <laughs> yeah, but Dave, you do realize that your room's like right here. Shit. <laughs> Right. Okay. Good. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, yeah. So this was like I, I. So if I sort of explained how my writing process went for this, I had such a. I had an idea, and I ran with it, and I finally got it down. Pen to actually pencil to paper. I had to write this on a piece of paper for the first time. Which, taking it old school. Taking it old school this this time. So you'll hear my little my little pad flipping a flipping. But yeah, it was a. Uh, I thought it was going to be easier. I'd say so-so. It was really easy to come up with the idea. Like, I kind of looked into the medical misadventures, mishaps that Ben wanted us to. Um, interesting. I did see a story about a woman who had some sort of surgery and her entire chest cavity filled with poop. Holy fuck. <laughs> poop in the chest. Wow. 
Um, I could could code that. (laughs) But that would be a great story, but it's not something I I, I was going to have a lot of fun with, and I couldn't really tie it into a bigger theme. So I went with um, a type of healthcare. Yeah, I went with one specific mishap. Yeah, where a mishap could go down. Yeah, I went with a mishap, and we'll we'll get into that. So we we didn't fudge it, but we always kind of do what we always always have done. We just kind of take the top and get a little more broad with it. Mm -hmm. But uh, enough from us. Cece, you are this week's judge. Um, would you like to decide who goes first? Okay, so I was thinking about this because last time there was a lot of flipping of bottle caps. <laughs> so I think we're going to do like the price is right where you guys guess the number in my head <sighs> Okay. without going over. So between 1 and 50. 42. I'm going to go with 31. It's 47. <sighs> All right, Dave goes. Oh, you get to pick first or second. Oh, oh um, you know what? I'm going to be a gentleman because I know what couple weeks you had. I'm going to go first. Okay, all right. Now, the one bummer I did have about this, I, I, and you guys could tell me how you feel about this afterwards. And I didn't do it, but I tried so hard to shoehorn this to be from a female's perspective, and I had a lot of trouble. In fact, it, it was near impossible to write well, without just like writing as quick as I usually do, just a kind of snappy. It had to have a lot more methodical thinking about it. I didn't know if that would hurt it or help it, but I, I fixed it accordingly. But that's something we talk about afterwards. All right. This is Dave's medical mishap, as told in the style of Miss Alina Cross. The clear chirping of Miss Tremont's cuckoo clock echoes down the eerily silent hallway. It's the only sound that I could depend on as a way of keeping my bearings straight in this fuck-up, as I just sit here, in the dark, stuck in a utility closet. It's 11 at night now. Typically, by this time, the residents of Bright Hill's rest home are in bed, lulled to sleep by the soft drone of the nightly news and infomercials pitching modern solutions to everyday living. Putting my ear to the door, listening closely for any signs of cackling mobs still on the hunt, I can only make out a few faint sobs and the distant sounds of engines revving and blood-curdling screams, followed by cheering crowds. Most of the chaos has found its way to other parts of the facility by now, or hopefully been intervened by the cops, or, for as bad as this has become, the army seems a far more viable option to go with. Clutching the point in half of my broken mop, I push open the door, massaging the cramps out of my legs, looking down the 200-foot carpeted hallway to the double-sliding doors of the EMT entrance. The emergency hallway lights flicker, giving only a few brief flashes of the figure sat slumped against the wall, not moving. Taking the first few steps past the linen room and into the main hall, Bright Hill's director Stephen Chris's portrait hangs on the wall askew, the frame broken with the words, Fuck the Nelly Queen, crudely drawn in what appears to be a, pu- a pungent brown-green mixture of whatever the artist could find on the persons in a pinch. Pressing on further, I glance at the mirror of Bognovic's room, a 93-year-old Serbian immigrant with a love for the ballet, who's now dancing in her floor nightgown, effortlessly flowing from grand adage to pirouette with the confidence and grace she once had as a little girl. Mira's face turns from surprised elation to violent rage as she panders for applause from her audience. Two nurses from rehab, weeping, cowering in a corner. One applauds, tears in her eyes, as the other, a young man staring off, clearly traumatized by tonight, sits quivering. In a fury, Mira grabs and slashes at his face, digging her press-on nails deeper and deeper as he sobs, barely making coherent pleas for her to stop. As I approach the figure sat in bloody heaps against the wall further around reception, some alive, some barely, one, Adrian Colette, executive nurse looks up to me as I pass, shaking her head at me in disbelief. 
Me, being a doctor of the janitorial practices, I can't begin to pretend to know what brought her to make the choices she made, or what even the benefits of this new wave of medicine would bring. But Adrian was eager to be part of the only facility in the country backing it. Viagra and Cialis gave some peace of mind that they were doing all they could to help senior citizens live out their twilight years to the fullest, but a synthetic boner only takes one so far these days. The notion that there was a means of bringing back their vitality, their mind, their spirit, as it once was decades ago, was groundbreaking. And of course, it also had the potential to be very lucrative for those on the ground floor, who are now here, bloodied, sitting in the rubble of blind ambition. Adrian's eyes fall back to a random spot on the ground, drifting off into silent horror. As I approach the empty doors, I hear a commotion from dietary, which, against my better judgment, I investigate. The kitchen is dark except for the glow of the walk-in fridge, which has now become the final resting place of Marjorie Green, the sweet old diabetic lady always trying to con snacks off the nurses. A while back, I heard she lost her foot and was put on a stringent diet much to her dismay. The bloody trail leading from the hallway into the fridge, a testament to her love of ho-hos and processed cheese food. From outside, I hear the revving of the engines again, and that awful cheering of a wild crowd intercut with crying pleas. Mop spear in hand, I make my way outside. <sighs> Fuck me. And of course, it turns out this wasn't the smartest move. The wild mob of Bright Hills residents crowded around the cul-de-sac or too drawn into the proceedings to notice me. At the center of the crowd is Stephen Chris, chained to two ambulances facing in opposite directions. A large walrus of a man, Eugene Clarence, the town's old chief of police when the town first became a town, saunters over him, shotgun in hand. Eugene moves awkwardly, his old uniform hugging him in all new places as he addresses the crowd. The medicine, although effective was not permanent, and many of the residents have already succumbed to their age once again, some of them writhing, struggling on the ground to stand once again, and a violent demonstration showing the authorities that the residents were not going to stop until they get what they want, Eugene created a tense standoff between the Bright Hills mob and a mix of police, army, and strange sharp-dressed men and women, one of which an affable gray-haired gentleman named Dr. Weiss, who to no avail tries to plea with him to give it up. The residents want more treatments and the cavalry isn't budging. The ambulance engines rev, peeling off in opposite directions. The chains pull tight as Director Chris screams in agony before being torn in half like a wishbone with an unforgettable wet snap. Some of the weaker stomachs look away, retching at the sight of the gore strewn about the cul-de-sac. Eugene fires his shotgun in the air, signaling the next staff member to be brought and made an example of. Two of the residents drag a struggling nurse down to the bloody pavement, removing the remains of Stephen Chris and putting their new victim in rusted bondage. Then, in an uncharacteristic move, from me, a non-threatening idiot in maintenance scrubs, I find myself parting the crowd, running full speed at Eugene, mop spear poised to stab him right through the heart. But before I can make my mark, someone or something hits me hard from the right. It's Billy Nance, left tackle for Madonna class of 44. He's pressing down on me with his full weight. Eugene stands over me, his breathing heavy, aiming the shotgun point-blank against my temple. <sighs> Fuck it. I close my eyes. Just please don't let me feel it. Just please let it be quick. The cold still lifts as another man in the crowd, Mr. Michael Francis, who's dressed in a leotard a la Errol Flynn and Robin Hood, approaches the center. Sword drawn, 
speaking in monologues from his favorite roles back during his time on the London stage. With inhuman speed and moves as sharp as the devil, Mr. Francis fends off Chief Eugene and the other enhanced geriatric attackers. With a quick sword strike to his hand, Eugene drops his shotgun, tripping backwards, falling to the ground. As Mr. Francis cracks a smile, putting one foot on the chest of the hyperventilating police chief, holding his sword to the midnight sky, a shot tears through Michael's chest, the force of the bullet propelling him backwards, sprawling out on the pavement. The residents fall silent for a moment before a hail of sniper fire cracks out and roars out into the night. One after another, the bodies of the residents fall. Some try to run. Some think way too highly of their newfound medicinal moxie charging headlong into the fire. I stay low, crawling to and shielding the bound nurse from any stray bullets. We don't know each other, but we hold on to each other tightly, holding on to the last comfort we may find before the silence of night comes again, or hopefully comes again. That was really good. I think I really liked it because it was like a me story. And I kept thinking that. And I'm like, don't think your story is not not as good because this is a you story. So, of course, you're going to like it. Inspired by you. Yes. Uh, As you can see from the uh, action of a character being drawn and quartered. Yeah, that was pretty fucking cool. I like the old lady at the beginning, too. Like digging her nails into their eyes and like dancing around. That was sweet. This started as um, me having a pretty rough day dealing with uh, old women at work. Oh, yeah. And old people, like, I mean, they don't, like, scare me, but they, like, depending on what they're like, they definitely give me the creeps. There is this quality of, and, and this isn't, this isn't you know, blaming all the senior citizens, but sometimes, I mean, well, let's just face it, in our generation, any generation, you're going to have some assholes. Mm-hmm. And as much as we love to praise older people, some of them are pieces of shit. Yeah. And if some of them could get their vitality back, they would sure as shit overthrow <laughs> everybody they could because of the ego. And I wanted to kind of run on that, but I, I just wanted to do this like vague medicine that was enhancing them but it was really experimental and this shit just fell to pieces the other thing i had a real hard time well not a real hard time with i struggled most of today about the ending now i had another i had kind of an epilogue in there where he the narrator gets paid off and he moves out and the last line is just like i still can't look at it older person and have an anxiety attack no slashed it no yeah yeah mm-hmm. i actually when you i like as soon as you said that i was like honestly like this would be a really good ending and then you were like i'm done and i was like yes <laughs> i was like waiting for you to say something else and i was like oh wow yes he did it because that's where i would end it yeah and, and it took going back to listen to a lot of your stories and like you gave me the examples i i thought of the first one and i thought of the uh um ah the twenty last twenty four hours to live, mm-hmm. yeah, and about how those are to that that stream of consciousness. You saw what was going on, you understood what's going on, but you don't get a clear, you know, end. Right, and there's not like, and all the characters are very like short and brief, and there's not a lot of like back and forth. Like it's just yeah, that's how I usually write stories. It was nice that there was so much chaos going on in the story as it was. I didn't have time, and the character didn't have time to think about how he got there. Mm-mm. He's just reacting. You know, yeah. I have my mop spear. Yeah. You know, he he even says, like, I have no idea what these people are thinking, but he's empathetic enough to know that they know they fucked up royally. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, that was good. But that world was a lot of fun to get into. It was dark. It was kind of scary. <laughs> 
Um, I did want to elaborate more on some of the residents, but I felt what I had in there. I was pretty satisfied with it. But yeah, that was fun. I, I really enjoyed getting into your shoes with that story. So anything you want to say or do you want to, do you usually like to wait? I'm I'm just soaking it all in. Okay. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. The it in this story is blood and gore, um, which isn't it's not my it's not my personal favorite thing, but I enjoyed it. For effective sake for a short story, you know, you want to put it in there. As soon as it was as soon as there was a character in change and opposite facing ambulances, I was like, I know exactly where this <laughs> is fucking going. Yeah. That was good. And it did. <laughs> oh, okay. All, All right. right. To you. To me. Hold on. Let me. All right. <clears throat> Dr. Blackwater sighed and lit a cigarette, her bloodstained hand shaking slightly as she held the camel menthol. You know you shouldn't do that in here, mumbled her equally bloody colleague. No, Monica Blackwater stared into Nurse Maybe's dark hazel eyes, eyes she spent a long time gazing into, but this was a hard gaze and maybe shifted uncomfortably in his chair. He didn't like the silence. Hear me out, he said slowly, Blackwater still fixing him in her gaze. I don't know what your thoughts are, but this is what I'm thinking. We have to hide this kid. Blackwater nodded very slowly as she exhaled smoke. I do agree with you there, but how? Martel will be expecting our call with an update, and he'll require proof of whatever we decide to tell him. Nurse Maybe looked at the floor for a long time. Blackwater noticed his eyes were unfocused and far away. You're the expert on this shit, Maybe. Is there a ritual we could do to hide Lucy from Martel? I could do a little blood magic. I mean, we have enough of Marie's blood to do something effective. Another long silence. Lucy? Do you really think that's an appropriate name? He said scathingly. It took everything in Blackwater not to smack him. It's what Marie wanted. We didn't know she'd look like... that. She's a monster. We don't know that. Anyone who sees her will assume she is, and we don't know what she's capable of. The Ministry is going to want to push her to her limits, even if it kills her. Blackwater aggressively put out the cigarette she was smoking right on her desk. Maybe's eyes flickered to it, but he didn't say anything. So Ulysses. Her face softened as she called him by his first name. What do you propose we do? Well, first, we need to clean up what's left of Marie. It's a slaughterhouse in there. Blackwater put her head in her hands and nodded. God damn it. How were we supposed to know how bad it was going to get? That poor girl. She didn't deserve that death. That wasn't Marie that you killed, Monica. Maybe stood up and walked over to her. You saw what she was turning into. He knelt down next to her and put a hand on her shoulder. And even if she was alive after, he hesitated. Lucy ripped her apart. What kind of life could she have as a deformed demon hellspawn? You did the right thing to put her out of that misery. Blackwater scoffed, but put her hand on top of Maybe's, squeezing tightly. Do you think it was true that she was a virgin? She asked. I feel like we all became so close these last nine months in the seclusion. She was our friend and always insisted that she'd never had sex. Maybe shrugged. I mean, all roads point to satanic immaculate conception. I think you're mixing metaphors, but yeah, it does. 
Blackwater got up from her desk and stared out the large bay window out into the New Zealand coast. The sun was just beginning to peek up from over the jagged rocks. Maybe came up behind her and wrapped his arms around her waist. She leaned into him. He kissed her neck, then whispered in her ear, Let's just take Lucy and disappear together. Blackwater pulled away quickly. Are you fucking high? What's wrong with you? A month ago, you made it very clear you and I had to keep this casual. Now you want to run away together and steal Satan's daughter at the ire of the whole satanic ministry? Do you want the wrath of High Priest Martel, your uncle, following us for the rest of our lives? I've seen that man explode someone's eyeballs halfway across the country. We'd be fucked. Well, you asked me what I thought we should do, and honestly, I don't think your blood magic is strong enough to hide Lucy. Blackwater looked hurt. Martel is the most powerful of us all, maybe of all time. There's a possibility that he already knows she's been born. Blackwater moved silently to the corner of the large office where they had wheeled a black wrought iron crib. She looked down at the calm sleeping newborn. Lucy had only cried for a few moments right after being born, but since then, she'd been nothing but an angel. Blackwater felt maybe stand next to her. She's so beautiful. White hair, blue eyes, the cutest little nose I've ever seen. He reached out to touch Lucy, but Blackwater stopped him. Yeah, she has the most beautiful black horns and softest white fur on her goat legs that I've ever seen. She replied sarcastically. They both stood there in silence, looking down at the sleeping satanic spawn. We could find another baby, and Blackwater grabbed Maybe's arm, hard. Don't finish that fucking sentence. I don't even want to know what you're proposing. We're Satanists, sure, but let's not stoop down to how pop culture portrays us. Maybe gave her an apologetic look. Yeah, you're right. They once more fell silent over the sleeping kid. Fine, Blackwater finally said. Let's collect Marie's blood and I'll do a ritual to hide us and we can all get out of here. Maybe look stunned. Really? Well, I'd rather us raise her than anyone else. I'm a doctor, you're a nurse, and a satanic expert. I don't know how long we can hide it, but I'll feel better knowing we tried. He suddenly hugged her tightly. It made her very uncomfortable, but she eventually hugged him back. He pulled away and looked at her, smiling. You know we make a good team. She let out a strained laugh. (laughs) I guess if I was going to raise the devil's daughter and be hunted to death by the satanic ministry, I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else but you. Maybe continued grinning, and this time when he went to touch baby Lucy, Blackwater didn't stop him. He held her gently in his arms, and she continued to sleep, breathing softly. Monica Blackwater placed a gentle kiss on one tiny black goat horn and smiled. Okay, Ulysses, let's get to the blood collecting. He smiled back at her. That was sweet. Yeah. It was cute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, cute, sweet. Again, I was looking for the me in there. I was like, oh. Which I I clipped in instantly, Blackwater, maybe. Yeah. 
That's like one of my favorite things to do is whenever you just can't character name something from a TV show, just throw it in there. Yeah, I was I was like super focused on like the relationship between those two and like what they had to say to each other and it was like a very tight like moment in that story. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was as Dave as I could. Well, no, which I, I really dug that. That it was reminded me of uh, the characters from last week. Yeah, the, the uh, dynamic those two had, mm-hmm. and and I think that's where um when when I kind of made that little disclaimer before I read about wanting to have my main character female because I wanted it to be through the eyes of that doctor or that nurse that okayed all of this. Mm-hmm. But it, it fell short in the very beginning when she slept with the janitor. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, eh, this is already going south. Yeah. <laughs> Very quickly. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's because I, I can't write a female character. I'm better at rating the relationships mm-hmm. than it is kind of like the single woman um, through this uh, that narrative. I, I, I would have a little bit of difficulty. Like, no, what like a professional nurse would sound like. That's where I ran into just the tone of it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think, of, I don't understand women at all. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, and yeah, that was, that was like the other thing, I guess I could have like made her a him and it could have been like the other way around, but I really wanted like that back and forth dynamic between the two where like, obviously you can tell they've had a million conversations like, you know, and that they have known each other for like a good amount of Mm -hmm. time. And and in a relationship like that, you're always going to have that dynamic of one of like the doer and the plotter and and I think like the like male energy in itself is all about you know let's get it done here's the action and the female energy is all about guiding that yeah. action to where they need to go yeah. so without the other is kind of yeah the woman has nobody to boss around the guy's just you know all over the place right yeah like he i mean he suggested early on like oh let's just take her and go and she mm. was like are you fucking kidding me but then like once she sort of like thought about it and thought of like a plan then she was like okay fine like we can do this yeah that, that shows that history that love between them that they're like they're taking a second to consider each other right exactly and what they want mm-hmm. yeah oh shit that was great thanks <laughs> I mean, I thought it was pretty good, <sighs> you know. All right, so um, thoughts, mm-hmm. whoever you want to start with. Well, I do like that you clarified because originally I thought blood magic. I thought you were going more of a witch route, even though there does seem to be because I don't think Satanists in the real world are like practitioners of magic, right? Yeah, don't no. know, haven't met one. <laughs> They're not. Uh, if you are one, get at me on the Instagram. No. Which is actually funny you mentioned that because at first this was a satanic church and I changed it to the satanic ministry specifically so people wouldn't think the satanic church actually did blood magic, which yeah. they don't. <laughs> but I guess the fictional satanic ministry does. Yeah, bury it in other references and other fiction. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. What was the, Amalgams. Yeah. What were the characters like? Okay, I know that the characters were something you do. What was the reference? Like what show was those characters from? Oh, Blackwater, like Blackwater, and um, ah, you, I forget the name. You Marjorie, not Marjorie. Um, I don't know, but Blackwater is something with Game of Thrones, maybe, and Lucy were Arrested Development. I don't know if that's where you were thinking. That's where my mind went. Maybe is sort of Arrested Development, yeah. <laughs> but Lucy, I was like, I've been, I, I was, this was a few different things. Do you remember that? Um, that television show, it was like on Adult Swim, and I think it was literally called like Lucy, Daughter of the Devil. It was like animated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. We'll just go there. But <laughs> we'll I, just go there. I, I like, because one of the things I like to do is kind of, 
explain the other characters that are off screen or off the story. When you said they were talking about the high septum, whatever, mm-hmm. and he explodes, Martel. he explodes yeah. that guy's eyes eyes across the country. Yeah. That was pretty fun. <laughs> and the are you high? <laughs> Just stuff like that. Like you know, it, it's it, and and I'm not saying like you or you and I are vastly. We have a lot of similarities. We just like go different directions with certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you take that time to really kind of get into the details and what they're feeling. And actually, this was a good exercise. That kind of helped me out a lot with that yeah. tremendously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see the difference in writing style. Yeah. Because you, Alina's always very about like setting a scene. And, and that's your strong point is the fact that you can describe a situation to the fucking cows come home. And Dave is really always about how each character interacts with one another. I don't know. Well, what did... Okay, so you... I mean, you've heard all of, like, the other stories we've written. Right. I mean, the ones we've released, like, the three Mm -hmm. that we have out. So do you feel like we did a good job? Oh, yeah. Like, writing as each other? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I didn't... Like, that wasn't even a question. Yeah. (laughs) That wasn't even a thing I was debating in my mind. I didn't pick up on you writing as Dave right away until Dave started pulling little things out. And then I was like, oh, yeah, Dave does do that a lot more than Alina does that. That's a nice little add-on into – I have an add-on in mind. Oh, fuck. <laughs> no, it's always Wait. you people that know us a little bit too well. <laughs> I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do the twist. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's not that big of a twist. I think you guys have already done it, but I'm going to force you guys to do something that I don't think – I don't think it comes as natural to you. Okay. Well, one thing I like, I feel like that baby in yours, um, if you would have written that as yourself, I feel that would have been, I don't know, like less of a thing. I said it would have been a little bit more of the, um, maybe even the thing that brings them down. But I like that it was kind of adorable. They give the kiss on the horn and everything like that was cute. Well, Ben even mentioned how like, a lot of your endings are like happier endings and my endings are always like terrible endings. And I had so many endings in my head. My original ending was going to be no ending, which is also something I really like to do where they're just still undecided and they haven't decided what to do yet. And that's just sort of the end is you just not knowing either Mm -hmm. what they were going to do. And then I was like, no, that's an Alina thing to do. Like, don't do that. And then I was thinking of like a really crazy ending where like Satan shows up and he's like, oh, yeah, no, this is mine. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Ending that could come of this i mean they're still probably going to be killed and die eventually but when that happens we're not sure it could be several years it could be a week we don't know how powerful the satanic ministry is i didn't go into that but what i what i did like is that you stuck to the character's like moral compass and that's what i wish that's how i judge my ending it's like how was this a good person like um the first one the guy that got stuck in time he was a confused guy, but overall, not a bad dude. He gets killed in a shitty way. Now, that other guy who steals his energy, he deserves to get, like, the worst ending. Right. Um, The guy with the um, – the you haven't heard this one, but the one that went the, uh, the alien. Yeah. I like that he, no matter what, even when he saw it for what it was, he still loved it more than anything. Even when he saw what it truly was, he never changed that. Yeah. And he died just like watching it go home and yeah. loved every second of yeah, it. Yeah, well, that was the other thing. So I, I like that you stuck to like how the characters would react to the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like even when uh, like Nurse Maybe was like, we could get another kid. And that was actually going to be a mm-hmm. whole other like section where they like argued about that. But I was like, no. I was like, if I want him to be like that likable, that has to be like a suggestion that gets 
cut down pretty fucking fast. Now, can I ask you, because I got, I, not that I missed, I got too drawn into everything else that was going on. What was the medical misadventure? The birth. The birth. Okay, okay. Yeah, because she, which is something I have in like my notes, and it, I allude to it in the story, but I don't go into it, but um, the baby, like she, so at, during the birth, she like gets all like rubbery and like deformed and then the baby like rips out of her but she still is alive like when the baby rips out of her like horns and hooves it like rips her apart but she's like still alive and that's what they were saying at the beginning that they were like that you you had to do that because she was still alive okay so like blackwater had to kill her because she was just this like writhing like demon like half dead but like still like thrashing but like torn apart from the vagina up which if i would have been writing the story i would have described that entirely but i didn't which (laughs) i alluded to it which actually totally happens i mean not to that extent but like you can totally rip the absolute shit of your out of your vagina during birth yeah well last time you uh talked up chakras do you have any childbirth tidbits to give us Um, not that you've been through it but don't do it (laughs) adopt there are there are tens of thousands of kids straight kids out there in the foster system grab Um, yourself one adopt (laughs) um but no, yeah. the the craziest stuff that I've seen. I mean, in in relations to, we'll, we'll take because she did a pregnancy one. Um, they have something called like a gray four, a, a grade four tear, um, which is where like when you're, you know, you're 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 squeezing that baby out of you like a python, you mm-hmm. know, digesting its food. Um, it, you're it rips like <laughs> Dave's face. <laughs> Alina's like, uh huh, uh huh, and Dave's just like, I'm feeling this swirling. right in the taint. <laughs> um, it it actually is a rip that goes from the vagina all the way to the asshole. Yeah, yeah. And so the what they do to if they can't do a C-section, like if the baby's already like coming down the birth canal and it's too late to do a C-section, usually this happens with kids that are you know babies that are uh, large. So if you have a, especially if you have a small mom. You know, somebody who's petite and they're giving birth to a very large baby, they're at, you know, a greater risk of this happening. They do something called an episiotomy where they actually make an insertion and they actually make a cut because it's easier. It. Yeah. Because it's easier to sew up a straight cut than it is to sew up a jagged tear. You know, there have been moments in my life <laughs> when my mom has been so mad at me and disappointed in me, she's hit me. And it's hurt really bad. And I'm not going to say what I'm thinking, what everybody knows I'm thinking, but I understand all the force behind those hits now. When I've been an idiot that deserved to be punched, I, I get everything that was going through her head. Do you mean to, I mean, if the audience wants to become even more uncomfortable, so there's usually it tears down, but sometimes it tears upward. <laughs> right? Oh, right? Mm-hmm. That. That would be worse, probably. Right? I would think that would be yes, worse. It, it usually is. <laughs> it sounds worse. Bill Cosby um, quotes Carol Burnett as, um, I think it's Carol Burnett, as she describes pregnancy as taking your lower lip and pulling it up over your face. Here's I don't a- want to imagine or experience <laughs> ever. <laughs> Here's a question. If you had this topic, 
to like work with an fiction setting or work with a uh, fiction setting, where would you go with it? I think that I would have. So um, if I haven't alluded to my medical background yet, I love operative reports. Like, and you see some fucked up shit. And it's not even like things that are left in places. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just how, what the body does as a defense mechanism. So like a lot of things you'll see, especially if the surgery is going on, like in the abdominal area is adhesions and adhesions form from infections in the body. So it's like the, the body's kind of tried to grow that infection out or usually if you're somebody who has a C-section, you have adhesions. Like in every C-section report that I see, that's a repeat. There's adhesions that have to be lysed to go through okay. and get to where you have to go. And sometimes you get people who have histories of different GI tract infections. And so you go in, they're just riddled with adhesions. I've seen patients who are so adhesed that their organs are actually sticking to like the inside of like their abdominal wall. Holy shit. So, and I think that's probably like, and it happens in the chest too. So just imagine like you can't, like take a full breath and it's not because of like COPD or um, something of that nature, something that's actually in your lungs. It's because your lungs don't have constriction because of those adhesions. I probably would have gone with that, but made it spooky or otherworldly or something of that. But I, I, I know how you guys write and I know you guys mostly write toward a horror theme. So like, I don't know why I was surprised, but I was sitting there going, oh, I could think of all the real life situations that are terrifying that I don't need to add uh, miracle drugs or the uh, satanic ministry into. So now we've I've learned about degloving on this podcast. I think that's worse. Yeah. Your like organs op- adhering to your flesh from the and inside. And the sad thing is, is like, if you're listening to this, you probably oh. have adhesions somewhere in your body. But they may, I mean, they could be very easy. Like you just kind of like nick through them and they're done yeah. or they could be fucked is that how that guy like uh that dude we covered him on the freak episode how he would like put a sword through himself is that kind of going to like, I this, think that the was fistulas? how didn't he have like kind of like scar tissue built yes. up essentially mm-hmm. yeah that's I, similar kind of along the same lines yeah they're very like fibrous like i said they're caused by infection mm-hmm. Um, and it's like your body's natural defense almost. Um, if you like people who have small bowel obstructions, it's usually they have one of those adhesions has just formed around their small intestines. So they have to go in and they have to actually cut the adhesion free in order for that person to have a bowel movement. <sighs> you guys want to go back and write your story? We're, we're no better than cars <laughs> over here. I actually thought about like getting more deep into like an actual like medical issue, but I I very quickly realized that I was not ready to write like that. That that would take about a month of research. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, I don't have a week and some change to do that (laughs) and to write like Dave. I I was like, no, (laughs) you don't need. Maybe if I didn't have to write like Dave, I could do this. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to go down this level. Uh, oh, the other thing I was going to change, which I almost changed like the last second, was instead of the satanic ministry, I was going to do like the like the men in black, like it was a UFO, like alien baby that came out of this woman. And on the way home from work, I was like, why didn't I do that? 
That could have been better, but I but honestly, I'm happy with my my Satan story. I liked it a lot. I feel like the alien baby thing has been done a lot. Well, that well, Dave just did a story with an alien baby in it. And so, even though I felt like it would a ish alien-ish baby, I I felt like I was like, ah, it's a little I don't know. I've this. seen Men in Black. I think alien births are a little little easier. You just have to play catch. <laughs> They're real Actually, slimy. that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so all the guy did was play catch. Uh, yeah. He threw. Yeah. And then caught. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I was like, no, because I really wanted to like dive into the like, how would that be? Like, you know, your satanic midwife and and her like. Her, her more satanic male nurse. And I was like, I like that. I like the thought of that, you know? That was fun to picture. And that, yeah. that's like, you, you could see, you could you could start putting, because then I think Ben said it, um, I'll throw little details on that kind of like put a picture in your head pretty instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then you gotta, but like with this challenge, I challenged myself to go above that. I don't think I really used any sort of reference besides personal things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was good. I like that a lot. Yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed writing that. Yeah, this was a good one. Thank yeah, you, Ben. This was a good one. Thanks, Ben. Mm-hmm. All right, Sarah. I do agree. Is it time for me to make my final I, judgment? I, I think it's about time. So I'm going to base this off of, because I think you guys both did a really great job of writing in the style of each other. Oh, shit. Damn it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dave's like having anxiety attacks about am. this. Don't, yeah. no, don't say another word. <laughs> Why are you having anxiety attacks about just, this? <laughs> just do it. Continue. <laughs> um, and I both really enjoyed your stories. The thing that's going to get me is wanting to hear some more. But I'm going to go with Alina's. What? No, really? No fucking way. Why? Please tell me why. Because ultimately... Where I did like, I liked the uh, how uncomfortable Dave's story made me. Like, it did really good at setting the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that yours was like more of a like a like a medical mishap. But I also feel like yours could be taken in like if you guys wanted to work it together mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, it would be. I would listen to that as an audio drama. I would like if you cast it and you put fucking sound effects behind it. I would be there. Not that I wouldn't want to listen. Like Dave's kind of reminded me a lot of Knife Point Horror, mm-hmm. where it's like a really good one-off. But I feel like this is kind of how I picked picked the one last time, as I went with the one that I wanted to hear more more of. of. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I'm honestly, I, I, if you didn't see, notice my. I mean, you guys didn't see my reaction. You heard it, but I'm actually, I'm surprised. This was maybe the first time that I've been surprised that I actually won. And again, I think it's because you wrote a me story. <laughs> so I liked your story so much. Um, but yeah, had had I heard these two stories, I probably would have picked yours. Well, thank I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So even though I finally got a fucking hat trick that has never happened yet. First hat trick <laughs> in the history of Game of Pros. I don't know what for... Uh, hat trick plus one. I'm coming after you now. See now I have now I have now I have real ego. So we're we're four to three. Yeah. Oh, f- oh fuck. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two more. You got it. <laughs> 
Then we'll have to start giving me like buffs. Like once I start getting to <laughs> No, no, you'd have to debuff or handicap yourself. I don't never know. Never do that. I don't, I don't know. never do that. <laughs> I, I mean that we've talked about it. That could be nah, fun. But not necessary. But yeah, wow, thank you. I'm You're honestly welcome. very surprised. And like I said, it was just like I really wanted to delve into that conversation and those like two people. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very Dave of me. Yeah. I well, think I think know. it would be a good idea for both of you to like take this as a learning activity and add in those parts where maybe you're a little lax in your own writing and use it as a, you know, you don't, you don't have to always write like each other, but I think it would be a good idea for you guys to kind of expand your writing based yeah. off of what you guys did here. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole exercise of this whole thing is just learning about how we write, you know, in general mm-hmm. and just getting better at it every time. You know, I feel like this story wouldn't have been nearly as good had I not written five six other stories before this one Mm -hmm. you know what i mean oh yeah i see a difference in in both of your writing from when i was last on yeah that was my weakest story the one that you were on i still to this day think that was my weakest story but yeah holy shit i'm so excited all right okay here we okay the the moment the moment what the challenge the challenge (laughs) the challenge for next week okay so your challenge for next week is to Write a story that must center around a his- an event of historical significance. So it could be a one-off like 9-11 or it could be something like the period of prohibition. But there must be elements of the historical event within your story. It can't just be like mentioned that it's the 1920s. Okay. There needs to be elements. And it must be written in third person. Because I feel like you both write a lot in first person. Okay. Okay. I can do that. And it can Fair be enough. third person, omniscient, or limited. That is your choice. Okay. All right. That sounds good. I'm ready. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. 